This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. 9-11 happened and it just reaffirmed it a hundredfold. It's like, oh, I don't want to go be a Navy SEAL to do Hell Week and learn how to skydive and scuba dive and blow stuff up and shoot guns. All these really badass things of being a SEAL. I want to go do it to hunt the most evil people in the world and make sure 9-11 never happens again. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. I love talking about this stuff now. Yeah. I, I think about it a lot, especially with team guys come in. I'm like, hey, man, when we talk about buds, because you, you think about it differently the longer you're out. Yeah. It, it does. It starts to happen. Because I, I actually started to remember how cool it was to, to want to be a SEAL now. Mm -hmm. I, I remember that. I've yeah. Been out long enough. So I remember running across the highway when we all go, hoo And I would just get goosebumps and think to myself, I'm here. I, I'm same thing. here. I, I'm like, yes, this is what I've been dreaming about. And you're young then, so you yeah. don't have that much life experience. And you're like, I'm making my dreams come true. I'm getting goosebumps right I now. If every every team guy, I had it. that too. I wonder if every team guy does. Like the moment that they read about or heard about when you're yeah. in it, and they're like, holy shit. Yep. I'm, I'm in this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that I had that moment too. Uh, around the world during Hell Week. Yeah, we were in the boat. Yep. And I, I remember my boat crew. I was like, "Damn boys, we're we're in the we're in the movies, dude." Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, like, I think as a kid, and, and, and you see stuff in the future, like teams, like I, I I don't know. I mean, if I could do it, but how do you even fucking get there to be in the position to do it? It just seems so complicated at, at first. Yeah. Because there's so many steps. Absolutely. And that's intimidating. And even things you're not very good at yet, the drown proofing and the oh. underwater swim. And it's like, you know, man, I, that man, 50 meter underwater swim. I'm not even a good swimmer mind, yet. <laughs> dude, that mind raped so many guys. Yeah. It's that pressure that we put on ourselves. I heard one team guy talking about how he's like, you know, buzz is hard enough as it is. We don't mm -hmm. need to fuck with the guys. I'm like, well, <laughs> it adds a different element. I'm like, especially when we're overseas, if the enemy has us or if they're talking smack, or, you know, for guys, and it doesn't bother us. Like, if you can't, if you can't get to them mentally, then you can't break the sucker. I remember the water stuff because I was not great, especially, you know, I went through, kind of got sick, went through, recycled a couple times. So I was like, great by the last time in the water. The first one, I wasn't, but I would always make the decision, you're not coming up. 
for air until the task is done. Underwater knot tying, underwater whatever. And it'd be funny because I were like, okay, I just tie one knot at the time. It'll be no problem. He's like, all right, I want three. I'm like, oh, shoot. All right. Now I go down, tie all three knots. And then you get to the end and he starts playing rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. You, oh, you know, man. it's like, oh, uh, but it's like, I'm, I don't know how long I can hold my breath. I know they're, they're watching me. I'm not coming up until I either pass out or I finish it. And they, they let me up. That's like quitting. Bro, I tied one of those knots that didn't tie it around the loop. And it kind of, <laughs> oh, and, then, oh, and, and I oh. didn't know about <laughs> get, getting up first. Like you, and the longer you do that, the better you get. I didn't know that. Like the longer you could stay down. Mm, so yeah. then you got those instructors who th- there are seals already. Yeah. So there's no more micro lung in them suckers, mm-hmm. man. They're, and they're down there laughing at you. I'll never get the time. First time I got laughed at through a snorkel. And you can hear very vividly what that is. And then you're down there trying to tie all three or five. You know, some of them guys can do that. Yeah. I think they had me tie three and then I like come up. And I'm like, breathing, breathing. I'm like, oh, man. They're like, all right, can you tie, tie the rest of them at once? I'm like, uh, I'm like, <laughs> I can only say yes. All right, let's go. Yeah, we can and say no. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> Went down 15 feet. And then, all right. I turned green. Rescue. When, when you go to do oh, the... the that when was... Yeah, when, when you swim out the, the middle and grab... Yeah, rescue. totally. I got my ass kicked that, on freaking that one. It dude. was the first time I ever got a good job. <laughs> really yeah good, it was like man. wow it's like because i was you know i trained a lot of jujitsu already and everything and is basically in the water wrestling and i'd it, they teach you a technique and i'm like oh, i'm gonna do my own i'm gonna arm drag See, the guy I take his back bullshit and <laughs> they, they teach you that to do it so they, they can they know you what you're they, gonna yeah, they exactly. know they know how to defend oh. it and i'm just like boom boom arm drag take them and then i'd like have halfway like you know the it's almost in for a choke, but it's in the armpit. Right, right. And I'm just hooked in, and I'm swimming them, swimming them, and they start, like, rolling on you and rolling on you. And then they, like, break away, and you, like, they try to grab you quick, like, get a little distance, then just boom, right back on them. Man, I, like, manhandled the instructors. Uh, except there was one who was, like, ex- Dave Hansen was oh, extra was big. So he was... We were talking about him yesterday. <laughs> Him, he was a little more. Ch- the other guys were a little more kind of feisty. He was more chill, but he's so long, it was kind of hard. Oh. And I had to bring him all. He was. I think he was the first one I had, so I had to bring him all the way to the end what? of the pool. And I'm like, get to the end. I'm like, oh man. That's who you had to drive in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Right. Okay. he's the fucking best dude. Yeah, he is. When he, he is. you know, Martin, and that, he has that thick brothers. Brooklyn accent. Yeah, all, yeah. All, all the whole yeah. family, like Staten Island. Funny, <laughs> yes. They were in a boat crew with together. The yeah, <laughs> he was my proctor. He was my proctor. Dimple chin, you know. He just looks, yep. looks like a freaking team guy. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. As always, thank you guys for listening and watching, and please don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button wherever you get your show. So today, before we kick it off with our special guest, let's get to our usual weekly Patreon question of the day. Today we have, what is the first thing you would buy if you won the lottery? And we're talking like a billion dollars. <laughs> like all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Like buy as a frivolous thing? Yeah, like we're not investing, we're not saving, we're, we're buying something You're juicy. You're just spending something stupid. Mm. 
More land. I would have to say we would buy more land and build more houses and literally create the compound that we've always dreamed of. Because we already have a compound going on. We have Mama Holly out here and... I mean, we've got a compound now, but we would make it a lot bigger. That's what I would want to do. What about you? I would get a awesome house on the water with like amazing security kind of you know gates surrounding Towers. it all, putting in just like a awesome gym, sauna, cold plunge, hot tub, like all the all the good stuff for the wellness and everything. Nice. Yeah, I'd have to do the land. I'd like I'd have to buy a section of Big Cedar no, a room at Big Cedar Lodge my own house. <laughs> Forever. Forever. Yeah. Or at Disney World, right? Don't doesn't someone live in the castle there? I mean, I'd have to have my own. I don't sp- know, but I think Big Cedar Big might be Cedar. better than Disney. Yeah, yeah. But I'm comparing it to that. Yeah. It's like the redneck Riviera. Disney it's like the World. redneck Disney. It's of, amazing. Have you ever been Johnny. to Big Cedar? I don't think so. Big Cedar Lodge is in go ahead if you haven't been there you need to go it's outside of springfield missouri mm. and it is one of the coolest places that the founder exists of Bass pro johnny morris it's his wow. place yes he kinda, wow. i mean it is absolutely it's amazing. like a dream it's multiple go- uh, golf courses it's on table rock lake it's this beautiful lake with cliffs and because he's the owner of bass pro he's got like 50 or more um of those tracker boats, the Bass Pro just brand of fishing boat. boats. You just go get wow. a boat. And or you, you go if you want to race go karts, they look like NASCARs, and you just go do that. Or you go. F- and you stay in these little cabins. And, and, oh my and gosh! There's, there's tree houses that that rival something that like Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm talking about? I mean, bro. The obstacle course has live alligators at the bottom. So with if the kid sw- falls off, it's like, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> swing bridges, like the little, like they rock the swing bridges that you walk across. This is the obstacle course, but it's got a net underneath so you can't fall off. But um, it's scary doing it because you can just see right through the net, like the crocodiles are. Oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like an adult's uh, amusement park, yeah. basically. I mean, the history, yeah. though, he has a lot of. Uh, skeletons they put back together the golf course goes down and goes into the mountain and there's an actual waterfall that falls through the mountain and they've carved a bar in there Uh you can get a drink while you're going around in this cave in this cave they got a lot of flat faced or yeah flat faced bears yeah they have skeletons up there they have museums on property like the it's incredible it really is an adult's disney world yeah wow have to get me a space there yeah wow (laughs) I think I'm going to island. I got to have a private island. That's an a island. That's, that's a good, good one. one. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. I take mine back. Uh, <laughs> I want an island. We're related anyway. I'll keep the place in, in, in the States. That's so That's funny. like uh, me and Rob O'Neill are real close and we've, we're like partners in a shooting range. He's like, I need to get to that island money. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> me too. I'm a big fan of Rob O'Neill. Yeah. Man. That's funny. Yeah, he told me told me he helped him out a lot in Mexico and stuff. That's what we do, man. Yeah. Teammates, you know, teams and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. the way it is. So, welcome to the show. Yeah, brother. Thanks for coming on, yeah. man. Thank you for having me. You bet. Now, where are you from? I grew up in Pennsylvania, very small town. Which um, one? It was called Penargel. What's that by? In, in Allentown, Poconos, Lehigh Valley area. I was raised. Where's that compared to the World Series, Little League? I think it's close. I can't remember exactly where the World Series is. It's. Is it near Hershey? uh, 
it's probably an hour from Hershey. I used to do my grandpa's uh, like company picnics at Hershey Park. We would oh, go there. Fun. Yeah. And Hershey is where they also had the state championships for wrestling and had a lot of friends who were wrestlers and stuff. Have you ever looked at the so. history of Hershey? No. Like, gone into the... It's oh, yeah? Okay, really... there's a show called The Foods That Built America. Hmm. And there's the candies that built America, the families that built America, and then one of those is about the Hershey thing and the Mars wow. and all the candy, bro. You check have it. to well, watch all right. it. I'll check. It'll, it, it explains everything, how he did that. But it actually talks about, because you said you grew up on a dairy farm, right? Yeah, yeah. It actually talks about how the reason they picked that spot in Pennsylvania is it was in the middle of dairy farm land. Wow. And they needed the fresh milk for the milk chocolate because this was the first milk chocolate mm. ever to be made. They Because at the time, mm. it was just dark chocolate, like from... The candy makers were all in Europe, and it, they were just doing dark chocolate. And he was like, "This guy had this idea to to sweeten the taste and bring milk chocolate into it." And so he built Hershey, Pennsylvania, there for the dairy farms. He built the factory that, and everything before they had a recipe. That that makes a lot of sense. It was funny later on. I heard someone call kind of the area. It's basically everything outside of Philadelphia and Pittsburgh is Pennsylvania. And I'm like, <laughs> Pennsylvania? And my mom, heard that. my mom was like, oh, your dad, your dad used to say that all the time, Pennsylvania. <laughs> like, it's the country of Pennsylvania. And yeah, we're close to the Appalachian Mountains. The, oh, yeah, the trail was just like 10 minutes away. Have you done that? Delaware River. Oh, we, I hiked it. I haven't done the whole hike, but I've hiked the area by my house. I mean... Dozens of times. Um, you grew up doing that outside and stuff like that? Yeah. Sports? Oh, yeah. Yeah, played pretty much everything. Um, soccer, basketball, track, cross country, kick for football. I was on a powerlifting team. We did, like, competitions at Westside Barbell out in Columbus. Um, oh, I, Australian I know football. the name of that gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. There's certain things you say out loud everyone knows mm-hmm. about. I know that name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, did all that. I still have a lot of the weightlifting records at the high school for um, squat and deadlift in total. And, and you know, I didn't have the best build for powerlifting. I just had really strong legs, but I was also running like a five-minute mile as well in track. So it's kind of like the combo of that. It was pretty rare. And You got both those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the strength and yeah, the yeah, running. And, and, and speed. They, you know, those usually don't go I wasn't together. the best bench, bench presser, but uh, just because I was... This was, I was like 6'1", 165, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you have a problem putting weight on. I was a hard gainer too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I skinny, I couldn't put it on. I'd late bloomer too. <laughs> My poor kid, you know, he's, he's in, that, in that middle ground right now. I told him, I was like, son, you know, it, it took a while to hit me. <laughs> so you got siblings? Yeah. My sister, um, she's three years younger than me. My brother, he was six years younger than me. Um, yeah, ended up, I lost my father when I was eight in a car accident. He was picking up farm equipment and a tractor trailer ended up coming across the highway and hitting him in the door. And he just like never, never had a chance there. And it was really, really tough. Um, you know, my mom yeah, close family having growing three. Up. Yeah. We have very close family. My grandparents lived up the road. They had sold the farm to my to my father, and 
they were really supportive. All his brothers and sisters were very supportive. Uh, but we had to sell all the cows, auction off the equipment. Um, and I think it kind of put me into this thing where I want to be like the protector for my family. And even though I didn't think about becoming a SEAL till I was 16, I think all these things were really just resonating with me to be like a protector and everything and be as powerful as I could be. What year is this? Sure, um, it was probably 91. I'm going to check. When the accident happened? When the accident happened. Mm -hmm. And then I, I realized I wanted to be a SEAL when I was 16. How, how'd that happen? I, so this is stuff I started asking yeah. all, all our guys now. Yeah. Because, you, I mean, we, we all have the same stuff that happens to us. I mean, it does. Definitely. I never, I never thought about it like that. I was like, there is an actual pipeline and an mm -hmm. outline of what happens to a dude when he becomes a SEAL. One is, what was the catch? Yeah. What caught you about us? Because mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's, it's strong. Yeah. I, I tore my ACL my sophomore year playing basketball, and all of a sudden I went from playing multiple sports and lifting two hours a day to all of a sudden I'm stuck in a brace and can't move my leg. And I felt like I was literally going crazy. And I was like, what? I, I can't just go and have a normal job. I need the biggest challenge in order to be fulfilled. What's the hardest thing I can do? And I became obsessed with Hell Week and I almost wanted to do Hell Week more than be a SEAL, I felt. And <laughs> okay, so that's what we focus on before you go in. But how did yeah. you know about how, Hell Week? How did you What'd you hear about I think seals? I just saw it on the internet or in a movie. I don't even know. And then I just started looking more and more and more and telling everyone I wanted to be a SEAL and and kind of just was like, that's that's what I'm going to do. And then maybe a year and a half later, 9-11 happened and it just reaffirmed it a hundredfold. It's like, oh, I don't want to go be a Navy SEAL to do Hell Week and learn how to skydive and scuba dive and blow stuff up and shoot guns, all these really badass things of being a SEAL. I want to go do it to hunt the most evil people in the world and make sure 9-11 never happens again. I used to take field trips to New York City all the time in, in school. It was just 90 minutes away from where I grew up. And all of a sudden to see these towers go down and our country attacked and people hiding out in Afghanistan that had planned this thing. And I was I was just like, I want to go hunt them and make sure it never happens again. And then the collateral of that is all those skill sets you learn, you can use that to protect your fa family and friends and people you love and make sure no one can ever hurt them in front of you. How long before when you started, when you found out you wanted to be a SEAL till you went in and actually got that done? So I went to college first then because I was like, oh, four all right. or five or seven, eight years, whatever it usually takes us. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, so I was like looking, I'm like, Oh, should I do the Naval? Cause I was kind of the only athlete that took all advanced classes and AP classes at my school. And I was like, I kind of feel like I should go to college first, get a little stronger, more mature, get better at swimming, like learn, learn these other skill sets. And then, my school didn't have Navy Yard. Well, first I was like, oh, I'll go to the Naval Academy. But then I learned about ROTC. I'm like, oh, you can go to a normal school. And I'm like researching all the schools. I'd kind of like Duke because of basketball. Then I saw University of Florida had a Navy SEAL club. And I'm like, oh, that would be cool. School in Florida. I talked to my cousins who had gone to UCF. And they're like, no, you got to come to UCF. Come down and visit. 
I visited the school with them. It was it was amazing. It was all like brand new. Everything was being built. It's now the second biggest in the country. Just Texas A and M is bigger. That's right. And I was like, I was like, oh, and but they only had Army ROTC, so I was like, all right, I'll do the Rangers, and I was I'll do Rangers and SF. But then after my freshman year, I went to Airborne School, and so lucky. Bud's class 244 had just graduated and they were all at airborne school with me. Oh yeah. All those guys become my like best. You should talk to them? Oh yeah. Like I got a kid. Like that. <laughs> I got a kid. I picked up at airborne school. No way. Uh, that he was going through the program. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I gave him my number and we're still to this very day. He's wow. retired now. Wow. And that, that is cool. When we, when we, uh, when we run it to, to the cadets, right? Yeah. Yup. At airborne. And it was that's a summertime thing. Yeah, it was it was like June. June, that's when I was there. I, Hot, <laughs> damn, dude. Johnny Hoffman was the SEAL that was watching them. So he was the first SEAL I ever met. I actually have Johnny Hoffman was the I first SEAL you ever met. I haven't, you kidding me? I haven't seen him since. I would love to see oh, him. I have. Some, really? Man. He ain't changed. Yeah. He's still yeah. terrifying. That's awesome. <laughs> he is. He's awesome, man. So it was yeah, and I got some great stories on that dude. Man, that's so cool. Uh, he was kind of limping. He had burned in from the uh, jump, from the jump, jumping into the stadium with the leapfrogs. All titanium. I got a lot yeah. of that stuff in me, but that guy, I remember he would tell me, he's like, you know, I like. I go, do you run anymore? He goes, it takes me all day. <laughs> he goes, once I get going, he's like, I'm a hot, like a hot rod. Wow. He goes, I got to start like nice and smooth and slow. Wow. You know how graspy he is, right? And it's yeah. just like, yo, sons of bitches, get out of the way. Freaking awesome dude, man. I was like playing basketball. It was a uh, it was a guy Manigo, and it was a uh, like native guy from Montana, uh, Mike Bell, who ended up. He ended oh, up, I know him real yeah. well. So me and I just wrote his name down on my phone this morning. I wanted, I'm gonna write about him. Wow. I'm gonna write about our Michaels. Wow. Because we got a bunch of them, and yeah. he won. That's the one that you buried. Right? I buried him. No way. Yeah, I buried him. Oh, my gosh. Me and my brother, oh. my whole, all Alpha showed up out there. That's wow. the craziest story, us wow. driving out. We literally played my kid. first, yeah. Um, Tell us your story with, of Mike Bell. So it was like my first day at Airborne School and all the, it's you know. It's a rabbit hole we're about to go in. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Everybody in the Army's marching around, yes, sir, no, sir. And, all, and then all the guys who had just... Uh, finished buds they all had long hair sideburns i was in like a fraternity at ucf i had long hair and sideburns i wasn't cutting for airborne school and just immediately hit it off with these guys started playing we play three on three basketball like me mike and manigo against these army guys and we'd, we'd beat them all and everything um and then I'd like go. I'd go out with the guys on the on the weekends and stuff. One of them ended up giving me a fake ID to go out with them. If you if you know who Dirty is, of course. Yeah, of course I know so, who Dirty is. Yeah, so me, Dirty. Everybody does. Really, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, was just really close to all these guys. Dan Bergen. Yeah, um, those are good guys you named, man. Yeah, Mikey especially. And yeah, he is the. He's off the reservation, Native American. Off a res. Yeah. He is the baddest warrior around. Was. He's passed. And it took a bunch of people to kill his ass. Yeah. I miss him, man. We talk about him all the time. I got a t-shirt with his freaking face on it in my closet. 
He's, he was on STV. I was new guy I would go to, with me at special deliveries. I would go to STV 1 to instruct and stuff. Once I was an instructor, yeah. I'd be walking through and I would see He's up there. his photo up there and everything. I'd be like, man, Mikey, I miss you, man. But mm-hmm. here here I am. I came. I told you I was going to come and do this. So how like, cool. You got to meet all of these guys while you're in Army ROTC. Yeah. How did you make that switch into the teams? You know, I rode the scholarship a little bit, and then I just knew culturally I fit in a lot better with the teams and told them I I didn't want to be in ROTC. That's a thing. That, that yeah. is a thing. I mean, yeah. there is a difference. I mean, it, it's like cousins or brothers. Yeah. Or they're, they're brothers, man, but they're yeah. freaking different. <laughs> but how does that work contract-wise? When you're getting a scholarship from the Army, can you just say, oops, never I, I mind? I told them it was before I had gone to the LDAC thing which is where you go and do like a few weeks out in Washington. And I just told him I didn't want to do it. I would pay it back when I graduated. And I kind of had the scholarship till my senior year, got out, just paid my senior year, graduated. And then I realized once I was going to boot camp because I was talking to the, the DFAST people about what I had to do to pay it back. And I'm like, yeah, I'm enlisting in the Navy now. I got the the buds contract and everything they go oh well once you do like two years that actually takes care of your scholarship and i'm like i'm like oh really yeah because you're not under so, contract to finish to finish and go into the army right you can it's just and you when can, you're at, you're at ucf right yeah well i was at ucf so yeah. going and doing my time in the in the navy uh took care of that and i also got um like the forty thousand dollar bonus for making it through was that what it was when you came in yeah yeah that's awesome Twenty five hundred. That's what I got. Then they taxed it, it's and I got right. five hundred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I told I told because I had. Yay. I mean, it's a whole other thing, but at one point I was like, "Hey, if you let me back in, you can take away my bonus. You don't have to pay me the rest of buds. I'll live on my savings. Just let me in, and I'll uh, and." You don't even need to pay me while I'm in buds. It was. That's <laughs> they're like, was. we can't do that. But <laughs> I, I didn't care. You didn't have to pay yeah. me. Yeah, totally. I, I, I was like, I, money wasn't a thing. I was like, if yep. you're gonna feed me and I get to do that yep, stuff, exactly. I get to do that with those guys. I was like, I don't give whatever we got to do. You give me yep. all that gear issue, like all that. That to yep. us is something. That's mm-hmm. a single man thing, though. You're talking about yeah. mail carts full of new swag that we get yeah. to actually use, mm-hmm. and then it, and they teach you how. That was just the coolest, sexiest stuff to me. I lived in my cage. I wasn't married. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like them yep. guys. Yep. That culture that goes deep inside the teams. I loved it. Yeah. When did you come into Buds? It was uh, the end of 07 and then classed up in 08. With? 270. And then you came, you graduated with? 272. And you, was it, would you break? Or did you get sick? So... Everything was going. I got double rolled. Yeah. So everything was going awesome. I passed every single evolution. That's full bullshit. (laughs) I mean, compare so much fun. Yeah. Comparably speaking, it was going. It got easier after I went through. (laughs) These freaking new guys coming in. It's like, oh, it's great. (laughs) I mean, I had I had I had trained a lot and prepared a lot. I had gotten like dive dive certified. I trained Mike Gecko was my mentor. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. He was my mentor. Mike was a mentor to you. Yeah, so he, so he <laughs> he's would. He's probably the, one of the most. He's not one of my Michaels, dude. One of the yeah, most terrifying yeah. sons of bitches. He's on the. Pl- he's so. Awesome. I tell this story. I've told this story over this microphone before. 
I was like, that. I was on the golf course by myself, and I hear him scream at me. I almost I, I pissed my pants. <laughs> and I'm not bad of fear, but because, you know, we, every time he would scream at us, you know where you're going. You're going to the surf zone. So you had to get ready. That kind of thing. It was fresh. That guy could scream. I wouldn't have made it through Buds without him. Whatever. I, I wouldn't I, have I, got. Well, I wouldn't either. have got back it back in. He actually got I me got, through Buds too. Yeah. All well, the bullshit I talk as mean as he is. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have made it through there without him and and Spencer Calvin. Wow. Who's probably the most terrifying sealer is. All right, let's talk about this problem. So only 2% of Americans are farmers, but yet obviously 100% of us have to eat, right? And that's exactly why this eighth generation female farmer founded Moink, and it's to save the family farm, but also to deliver the highest quality meat nationwide. Moink delivers grass-fed beef, pastured pork and chicken, and also wild-caught Alaskan salmon all straight to your door. Their farming methods ensure that Moink meat tastes just right all the time, and it's because the traditional style of the family farm, well, they just do it better. Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary has even praised Moink's bacon as the best bacon he has ever tasted. Once you've tried Moink, you'll be saying, oink, oink, I'm just so happy to be Moinked. Join the Moink movement today. Go sign up at moinkbox.com TNQ and get your free bacon for one whole year. Don't miss out. That's moinkbox.com TNQ. I got VGE Friday before Hell Week and then viral gastroenteritis and I just puked for like a like a day straight. Vaginitis. <laughs> and they were just giving me IVs and then um, I was finally able to keep some food down on Sunday and they're like, oh, are you getting rolled? I'm like, not a chance. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this. And Vargas was one of the instructors oh, too. Carlos? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he did I'll not talk about that he did not, all day. He did not like me one bit. He was bringing the wrath to me, and he can do that. And um, I got from the from the VGE and going into Hell Week and being so dehydrated. And then we had like massive amounts of people quitting on Steel Pier and the booze. Everyone quits from, on Steel Pier. Yeah. What it? Wait, this real quick. Sucks. What is VGE? So it's like the ultimate flu, and I was just having the worst. I, I, it was the only time in my life I've been so thirsty, trying to drink water and immediately just throw up. It's a hurricane in your belly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's some stuff we get out there. The guys, the flesh eating bacteria is a bad one. That one's a bad one. Sipe, Uh, sipe's a bad one. I thought I had sipe too, Um, but I. So do you get VGE from just your body being completely worn out or are you actually catching a virus? You're living in close proximity. It's a it's a horrible virus that you're living in close proximity. Your immune system's probably weak from the water, being in the water. water yeah, that comes from Mexico. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's been like on the raining. season too, man, because when we were going through, yeah. there was, the water was real contaminated real bad. Yep. A lot of our guys and, got sick too. And so from having VGE and being really dehydrated, probably having some mild hypothermia, um, like the cold didn't, I, I did pretty well with the cold, but with the dehydration and then, then we're doing boats and 
my thighs are like cramping so bad from being probably being dehydrated and everything. And I'm just like probably running what that is running like as hard as I can to stay under the boat and not fall out. It was like the cramps that a football player will get a cramp on a field and get carried off. That's what I was like running with under under the boat. And we got there. I like bite down, get to the end. And then we do the multiple runs and like now my legs are hardly working. We do all, all this up and I'm just dragging ass and everybody, all these people are quitting, quitting, quitting mass exodus. And I was the last, I end up being the last person left like an hour from Wednesday that they come over and they tell me I'm done. I remember Dave Hansen like telling me and I'm like, could you just like take me to the ocean and surf, surf torture me? Is there anything I can do to stay? Like, I know I'm supposed to be here. Something's just really wrong with me. He's like, no, we can't do that. And you know, there's like the quitter. Dave Hansen style. All right, like- dude. I mean, y'all know this, dude. <laughs> I mean, the way he talks, the way he says says stuff is real smooth. And you know, and then, go ahead. And then you know, there's like the room all the quitters go to, and I'm like, I'm not going there. I go to medical, and I'm like, hey, I think I have sipe. I think I have something. I don't know what it is. My nothing's working. They like put me on some tests. They didn't. My pulse ox didn't get that low. They're like, oh, you're just really weak or whatever. I'm like. <laughs> And I don't, I'm like, I'm not going to that room. And then, you know, everybody puts on utilities and I'm like, I'm not putting that on. That's a quitter uniform. And I'll just wear my dress blues. And I went in and saw, um, senior chief, it was senior chief good at the time. He was master chief. And that uh, freaking guy is awesome. too. He's so awesome. He's so awesome. Best dude. I mean, yeah, they all, yeah. These are all your instructors. They were all my instructors. Yeah. So, there was like maybe a few other people that had you either, either piss him quit. Off. No, I mean this guy's probably one of the largest men you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, one of the largest seals Pro ever. Magnum. I mean, yeah. hands just looks like you, straight Viking. St- has Poseidon he would hold on the his M60 back. in his hand, look yeah. like he's holding his water ball. Didn't even look real. <laughs> we just all sitting there, Damn. piercing blue eyes. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Then when he gets pissed, he turns red. <laughs> yeah. And they go and they start to bleed. Oh my god. Guy, man. And and I'm. Um, I'm like, can I speak to you after? Because he's given everyone their orders to Extiv. I'm like, can I speak to you after? I'm the only one in my dress blues. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, all these guys, you know, that never passed a single run, never passed a single swim, they all got rolled and got another chance in the next class. I haven't failed a single thing. I'm 23. I have a college degree. I just got really sick. I was puking for two days before this started. I don't know what happened, but... I just became really weak. I know I just need to be healthy. I go, you don't have to pay me. You can take away my bonus. You can take away uh, all my pay. All I want is to be a SEAL. I'll do I'll do anything. And he's like, damn, you are the first person to ever walk in here and want to do this again after being dropped. He goes, I'm going to talk to the other instructors. And he went back and talked to him. And I called, I called Mike Gekka. And he's like, what are you effing calling me for? It's hell. You should be in hell. And I'm like, See, that's what he I'm does. Like, he talks I'm like, no, I'm like, no, I tell him what happened. He's like, oh man. He goes, he goes, I'm sorry. You're sick. He's like, you didn't quit. I'm like, absolutely not. I'll never, I go, I will never, ever quit. And he's like, all right, I'm going to make some calls for you. And I also went to master chief guild and he was like a man. He was mentored to us. I always, said to myself, all right, if there's ever like an injustice or something happens, I'm going to speak to him. And he was this like SEAL, t- SEAL Team 6 legend and would teach us about stoicism and philosophy and delayed gratification. 
and I went up and told him and he's like, yeah, we get all these guys who come here and nearly everyone quits. You're not going to quit. We just need you to be healthy. And he invited me to do some like extra pool training and stuff with the guys who ended up making it through that uh, Hell Week class to prepare them for second phase and went back and forth because some of the instructors, all they remembered was me being really weak Monday and Tuesday and what they had to go through to get me performance dropped. Yeah. And I was able to get, but it went all the way through back and forth a few times. Mike Gekka called in and like vouched for me to all these master chiefs and all these master chiefs like came down and would tell everyone, hey, they, if there's ever a guy to give another chance to. Right. And you better you paid up that beer, boy. <laughs> so, I some beer to my so, guy. You yeah. might in too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that all that all goes through and goes to the CEO. I get back in all the, you know, the house mouses. Is that what they called them for you? Kind of the admin guys that are in the, they're like, nobody's ever gotten back in. You're the first one uh, after getting dropped and, so I go into right into the next class though, and now I had rhabdo, and nobody, no one, no one even knows. And then you got rhabdo. Now I have rhabdo. I have rhabdomyolysis, and it wasn't even the VGE. It was a VGE turned into rhabdo. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I go. It only gets better if you get like rest and hydration. And I went right into butts again. Back so to day one, week one. It was in doc, but uh, it was like the following week, and and. All the inst- some of the in- are like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be an ex-div. And like the in-doc instructors. And I'm like, no. They're like, who do you know? I'm like, well, Mike Gecko is my instructor. They're like, all right. And some, <laughs> like when seals start to grumble. That's how you know. Some were pissed and other guys were like, well, it's not like they're giving him a brown shirt or anything, you know. And so I go into the next oh, class. Oh, that really pissed him off. But, but they, uh, all of a sudden I go from never failing a single evolution to failing every single evolution. Now I can't pass a run. I can't pass a swim. I, I like pass the O course, but it's like basically technique. Mm. You know, you can walk the O course and, yeah, 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 and yeah. do it. So the first phase time. So that all is going on and I'm falling out from under boats. And now all the, I'm like the guy that got back in and now I can't even do it. I'm like, what is going on? This is the worst. And I got, pushing the bo- all everything and I, I fall out from under the boat boat takes off this is 271 now i get oh you got I get, a single roll yeah it was a single roll single roll first and i'm getting you know i have to go in and it's me and like 12 first phase instructors all yelling at me telling me how we i'm like i'm telling you something's wrong with me and they're like shut that yeah, they don't care. they're like first phase they're like there's nothing wrong with you. They're there I'm to like, eat and kill, man. man. That's yeah. it. And and I just got everyone on me. And it's like the weekend. I'm like, all right, going into the second second week of first phase. And we start the four-mile time run. I'm like, all right, I'm going to crush this run. I had the weekend to get better. I'm going I'm, I'm to crush this run. It doesn't matter what. We start running. And I'm like, okay, for the first 100 yards. And all of a sudden, like, my legs don't work. I'm like, what the? Feels like I have knives in my quads it feels like i have concrete blocks for shoes and oh my class is just like boom gone my class that was i had just gone like through part of half of hell week with they all start like seven minutes after me and they all go flying past me so now first phase you know they all they stay behind the last guy second phase is in the trucks too now i have first phase on my right second phase on my left 
first phase telling second phase, you're never going to meet this guy. He's going to be on the Navy ship out yeah, there very yeah, soon. Yeah. I'm like, that's the worst Don't worry life. About him. We'll I have the worst life ever right now. This is, uh, and you know, it keeps, keeps going. I get, I'm like, all right, I need to go to medical, see what's going on. And, and, uh, I go and I'm like, Hey, I, t- I kind of give him the same speech that I gave to like Matt. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Something's wrong. I never failed anything in the class before. I just came in last place by like six minutes, ran a 40 minute four mile. I used to run it really fast and I don't know what's happening. Nothing, everything hurts. Nothing's working. I thought I, I had gone like in weeks prior getting, getting a x-rays because i'm like i gotta have stress fractures my like legs hurt so bad i don't know what's and no stress fractures getting tested for sype getting all i'm like trying to find out nothing's working i'm like not i'm like i can't be this i can't just be weak like what's, and goes through i tell you he's like sounds like you got this thing rhabdo and they draw my i go to the labs get it come back so I miss boats and all the instructors think I basically hit out yeah. for that or try to hide a medical. They're all flipping out. I get my helmet smashed and we go do some drown proofing. I'm just like, oh man. And then come back and all of a sudden, Dave, Dave Hansen's my proctor here. And all of a sudden I see the doctor walk in and tell him and he's like, gum, you got something I never heard of before. Rabdo. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, I actually have it. And he's like, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, good. Like, so I go back, I go to the doctor and they send me home for a week of convalescent leave. I'm like, I see my, the photos of me at the time. I'm kind of all bloated. My neck's like all, everything is just like not looking good on me. And kind of flush that out. My legs are still hurting. This is the team guy dog, right? Hey, look here, motherfucker. I don't even know what the hell that is. I I'm not treating it. Just go home. Yeah. <laughs> well, the doctor, Put the some doctor. Put on that. Yeah, the, doc, the, doctor, the doctor knew what it was. He's like, I don't want you pushing a broom. I don't even want you around where instructors can mess with you. I want you just getting rest, hydration, coming back. It was this guy, Doc, doc Perez, and he, he changed. Know. He was like a former Marine, I think, and had been in like maybe almost 40 years, but he helped me so much. He, um, so I come back and I get, get, start getting healthy. I think they just had me do an upper body a little bit. And then we start in doc and Bobby Holland was the instructor for that. I know him. He's like, you don't have to, uh, he's like, you don't have to do in doc again. So I just start doing the workouts with Ty Woods and just start doing yeah. these amazing workouts i get in incredible shape and then go right into first phase and i think we do like one four mile in indoc one in and i can fly i can fly now i can i come in the top 10 on the runs come across look at the instructors like look who's back like, <laughs> like just stare them in the eye as they come across i never like, did that i'm like <laughs> ever i always looked away <laughs> no eye contact well they were always staring at me so i'm like they were right. always staring at um, us too man i'm just freaking i'm like um, that's what you get for having my get because a mentor as opposed yeah. to a freaking instructor i'm like i'm back and they'd they'd come around we do now i'd kind of been in in a winter class now it's kind of turning into the summer and people are we're doing these uh, surf tortures, and I'm just like, not one shiver, not one shiver. And instructors would come around, they'd be like looking, inspecting everyone. I'd be, people are passing out, and I'm like, you're not even, not even going to shiver. I just like kind of flex through the shiver. I just look at the instructors and um, just 
crush everything in that in that one. I remember, you know, in Hell Week, my my team my team's like winning over and over. What book were you? Um, I'd go between two and one. Two and one, yeah. Yeah, two and one. If I'd be in one, I would just be in the two the whole time because the guys were a little taller. And if I'd be in is two, your officer was he all, was he able to get underneath with y'all or did he run behind and push? <laughs> our guys were our guys were which the officer. So I like in the back part of ours, it was me and two, and the officer stood in the middle, Matt, and then and Greg was on the right, but he, he was might. so big that we couldn't get all three of us in there. So yeah. Matt would get behind and just and he oh no way oh we had the best officer wow Matt McGraw were wow. you an officer because you went to college no, first no I. All the guys I was close to, they told me to go enlisted so I could be a sniper. Absolutely. Preacher, have Every officer gunner. will tell you that. Yeah. Everybody yeah. says, if you're going to the SEAL team's degree or not, you can go officer later. Yep. Matter exactly. Fact, we kind of prefer that. Yeah. The Mustangs. Totally. I shouldn't say that. The Academy guys. I just pick a fight. You know how it goes. <laughs> the fight guys. I don't know if you're the end of that one. But anyways, the Mustangers, you know who they are. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You just, mm-hmm. you just know who they are. You know who our Academy guys are right away. <laughs> and then you definitely know who this, the Mustangers are. It was funny. I tell my stories from college to the uh, Naval Academy guys. They'd be like, "My my college experience was so different." <laughs> like, I, right? The, yeah, the Army, the Academies. It's a different kind of college experience yeah. altogether, for sure. For so sure. you're going through your crushing buds at this point. Yeah. And it, is it just easy flying straight through, or did you have any more hiccups? Pre- I mean. Yeah, pretty pretty through first phase, all super easy. I got a little bit of cellulitis, and I think they just had me not get wet for like a few, like maybe five, six days or something. I had some nasty cellulitis, and then that got better. Um, but yeah, didn't fail a single thing in all the first phase after once I was healthy. I remember paddle around the world. Um, Chris Good was like, He's like, man, Jeff, come up here. He's like, good thing we got you back in, huh? He's like, I'm like, yes, thank you so much. <laughs> Someone, one of the instructors like, shut the F up. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> I was like, thank you so much. They started, it, was, it was funny. Was, it, was that the hardest part for Hell Week? What, what was the hardest part for Hell Week for you? Hell Week with Rabdo and then first phase with Rabdo was really bad too. But once I was healthy and, you know, I had already... I had already done it with being really sick, so it kind of made it. I was a little, I was a little stressed about Hell Week before, just a little worried about, like you know, kind of getting sick again or something in in Hell Week. But it was. I remember finishing. What is it? Uh, base tour. Yeah. I remember finishing base tour, and we're going into lunch, and it had crushed me in the first one when I was. When I had rhabdo, I was falling out from the boat. I was like doing, trying to do all these things. I could like barely do a push up. I was like, I remember finishing it and I could, I was winning things over and over and over. I, I'm so strong. And I, I remember walking into breakfast, I get like a tear that went down my eye. I was <laughs> just thinking for, I'm like, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL 100%. Like, it's, they can't stop me now. I'm, I'm crushing oh my this. Gosh. Like, second phase. Like second phase. What was that like? It was uh it was pretty smooth because you, you know have? doing who's your Crocker? Um who is so I had Barbiero, I had it was Marcus is it Marcus? 
Which one? From chief, he was a chief at the time. He came from SDV. Mm. Um, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's it. He's the one that passed now? me. He passed me on pull. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He passed me on pull comp. Um, <laughs> it was funny when I when did, I did finished you learn how it, to dive? You said you learned how to dive before you got yeah, in. Yeah. Right? So I learned how to dive. Did that get in the way? You think? Of becoming a seal? No, it just made me more comfortable in the water. That's what I thought too. Yeah, it just made like me that. more comfortable. Uh, I wanted to like really eliminate any weakness I had before I got to buds. Mike Gecka set me up with this amazing guy, Rick Lorimore, who was a ranger and like a special forces diver, and he became the president of Naui and everything. Full circle. I I'm part of the Force Blue team, diving, saving the coral reef, and he would come out and support it, and we got reconnected through that. Cool. So that That's was so cool. really awesome. Uh, but it definitely made me more comfortable. But doing first phase back to back to back uh, made me really good in the water and really prepared me for second phase. I I didn't fail anything until pull comp, and they said I like didn't pull the thing up. Or something, or I didn't. It was something with procedure. I feel like they always come up with something. I was like, "There's yeah. always something." And they can off. fail your ass before you get in the water. Yeah, there's always. <laughs> I'll never forget going one on. dude, man. They hated him. They freaking hated him. And when they do, you everyone knows it. I mean, when when that happens, and I probably that freaking had his hand on his shoulder. He's fixing to step in. He had his mask, fin, tanks on. You got your mask, and you're sitting there, and you're on. You're breathing out of the out of the tanks, but you're standing on the side of the pool. And you got to step in. He failed this dude on the step in. Oh my gosh. Wow. He's like panic confusion out of sequence. Wow. On the step in. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Big brutal. Shit, dude. This brutal. Like, oh, and dude. you don't get any exp- like nothing. You know, you get better because you're like doing it. You're you're getting more comfortable. So when you do it the next time and the next time, it's it's like exponentially easier. So if to lose that is like losing losing a lot i just remember crawling on the bottom of the pool deck still with my mask on thinking please god don't let me get instructor calvin <laughs> and then i see this the shadow above me like it would just it, it'd come in and go away and i closed my eyes and say a prayer i was like dear god i'm down here at the bottom 15 feet you probably can't hear me but it's marcus again <laughs> And you, okay, so before they go to kick in your ass, they put their hand in front of your face yeah. to let you know. Well, I had my eyes closed because I was praying, <laughs> so I didn't take a breath. Yeah, yeah. so I was exhaling, and I yeah. opened my eyes right about the time he grabbed my freaking mask, yeah. dude, and he ripped that some bitch off of me, stuck his hands down my back of my UDTs, up my ass, grabbed no my way, and started no pounding way. me on the pool deck. No way, dude. I mean, I thought I got hit by a damn great white. It was the hardest thing. It was the hardest thing. And I mean, he kicked my ass down there for 47 minutes. Wow. 47 minutes he went in my ass. I almost lost a finger. I had to go to the medical and get it all stitched up. Wow. And he'd tell you straight up. He's like, you got to earn this. And I was like, yes, sir. And I mean, that was the funniest. Because he's almost naked. Dang. I was down there. <laughs> Dang. I'll never forget that because I was praying, I had my eyes closed, and I looked up about that black hand just freaking grabbed me by the face. Wow. That was a good time, man. So since you did have to go through first phase three times, that had to make you appreciate when you got your trident. Oh, and not just the trident, but just getting through Hell Week. Like I called, I called my mom and my sister and... My mom, you know, my mom was already worried about me going to SEAL training 
And then I get like rhabdo and I'm sick and all this stuff. And she's like extra worried about me. So then I made it through hell week and she's like, oh my, she's like, yeah, they were just like, like kind of cheering in the car, like really excited, my mom and sister. And then somebody else who had made it through hell week, but he had, he ended up having some nerve damage or something. And he was like a young kid. I think he was 18. He goes and he tells like, ROIC, hey, I'm going to go quit. And it's like the walk week. And I'm just like, he's walking by me. I'm like, you're going to go quit. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, F you, you're not going to go quit or I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> like, do you know what it took for me to get through hell week? You just did it. And now you're going to go quit. <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, well, it was like, you know how disrespectful that is? Like, <laughs> And he's like, well, I'm kind of, I'm like, if you're, if you're hurt, you're going to, you're going to get rolled. Like, it's not, if you can't do something right, like, don't just go quit. You made it through the toughest. And he's like, okay. He ended up going, get, he had like nerve damage or something. Went back into the next class, ended up being like a great seal. Awesome. And everything. Yeah. <laughs> Young kids. <laughs> I mean, we're all kids. Yeah. When you go through there. I mean, just, that's the way it's set up. Yeah. But there's like a big difference. But there's a difference with no 17, 18 year olds. An 18 year old, and I was 24 by same, then. Yeah, I was, I was 22, <laughs> I think. I, I, yeah. My birthday was in, while we were in. But um, same thing. The, the 19 to 20 year old gap's huge. Mm -hmm. Yep. Whatever that is. I mean, they rebound real fast, and yeah. they're, the, they're the quickest ones to lose the bubble. Yeah. It's like setting some snaps in their head, yep. like a pair of titties or something like that. Mm -hmm. They just can't get it out of there, and they, get, they quit and just like smack them a little bit, and they're like, oh, thanks, you know. And then turn out to be badasses. Yeah. I remember there was these two brothers who were really fast, winning everything. Beast had the fastest O course. They were like 18-year-old twins. And they're getting surf tortured. I think it was Hell Week. And one of them gets up and runs and quits. And the other one's like, no, don't do it. You're a pussy. <laughs> uh, and yells at him. And he's there like a few more minutes. He's like... I can't do this without my brother. And he gets up and runs and quits. Oh my it's gosh. Like, yeah. Two twins was, quit at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Oh my that gosh. Was, yeah. That's crazy. That's why it's good not to go in through together. You get one through there and then <laughs> your ass better make it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Exactly. I mean, there's a couple of guys we got there. There's five brothers. Well, and there's a couple of sets of twins. There's, yeah. yeah. There's five or six of us. Oh. Um, okay. So then not you. all in. Dave's got a lot yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, and there's guys that got kids in. Yeah, so. So then you go into Team Five, right? Yeah, so, that's where you went first. Yeah, Team was Five. Was that your dream sheet when you filled out your dream sheet? What was? I just wanted to be on the West Coast. Yeah, me too. Yeah. that's what I, I'm saying. Here. Originally, um, it was like my whole class was going West Coast somehow, and one guy had a dad who was a senior chief. He ended up getting it switched and going to the East Coast. Um, and then out of nowhere, there was like three people. They changed to SDV and they switched me to SDV. And I'm like, I was like already had the connection with the Gracies there. And my, I had a girlfriend who was in Orlando from, from college and she was going to move out and had a job set up in San Diego. And I ended up going and speaking to like the lady that works with the detailer 
And basically at the end of the conversation, she's like, yeah, just not comfortable with you sending you out to Hawaii and got me, ended up talking to the detailer and got me switched. To, that worked. So it worked. That <laughs> worked. That literally worked. God, Jay, like, I tried to go in there and they're like, no, you're definitely going to special deliveries. That was my bad. I was a totally worked. from the, from the get <laughs> It totally worked somehow. And Dude, you little shit. <laughs> I was offering like five thousand bucks to people in my class. And I had a guy walk it. up to me in the keys, bro. Sat down at the table. We were sitting there drinking beers, and it just found out our orders. And he goes, "Where are you going?" I was like, "Special deliveries." He's like, I, "He goes, I keep a bag of cocaine in my locker, hidden." Just in case I get orders there. Oh my god. I'm gonna gosh. walk into the mass chief's desk, <laughs> slam it down on his desk, and just rail a line right in front of me. That's what he said to me. That's I couldn't believe it. I was like, what, what's, what's so bad about special delivery? No like, it's way. hard. It's the hardest team we got. I didn't know. No way. Yeah, I was a wow. new I was a spanker. I was brand spanking new guy and they sent my wow. ass out there. And Anna McCormick, AT yeah. Delta. Yep. So I had the long run. Yep. Whoa. Not, it was the best thing ever being there. Yeah, I mean the crew we had there it was. It ended up being great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, had you a don't lot know of... that when you're a new guy. You, you don't know that. Yeah. Yeah, had like the Call Brothers. Um, I had a I lot of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of guys you you like worked with over there. Oh, they're the best. Yeah. All right, let's talk life insurance. Now, I know that may not be the most thrilling topic, but trust me, it's an important one. And it's more important to start early because life insurance rates only go up as you age. And with Policy Genius, you can compare top companies and get expert guidance, ensuring that your family's financial needs are always covered, whether it's mortgages, credit cards, or college costs. Personally, having life insurance has brought me such a peace of mind, just knowing that the people I love the most are always going to be protected. And with Policy Genius, finding that right policy has been so simple. It's amazing. Starting at just $292 per year for up to $1 million of coverage, Policy Genius offers affordable options, some even with same day approval with no medical exams required. So don't wait. Go head on over to policygenius.com for your free quotes and secure your family's future today. That's policygenius.com. Your family's financial safety net is just one click away. I mean, whatever that generation when we're at the 9-11. Yeah. Yep. They stacked that platoon, all that whole team. There wasn't very many of us. There wasn't very many of us at all. See, a lot of them are dead. Yeah. You know this. Yeah. But I mean, the guys, there's the ones that are still in, man, they're running the shows. They're over at, at, at Damn Neck and all that. And we just got scattered amongst the teams. So how was your career once you finally got in? Um, you stayed in for what? Yeah, I was in for 10 years. Yeah, I did. Um, Tenure in, man. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, so I went to um, yeah, I went to Iraq, went to Fallujah. My sister platoon was in Ramadi, so I did a lot of convoys over to Ramadi, went to like Al-Assad, Baghdad, um, all kinds of stuff, just bouncing around, going for ID makers and all these things. I was, uh, 
kind of did a lot of Intel. Oh, so yeah, this? This was 2010, 2011. Well, those are hard years. Mm-hmm. 2010 was, was a tough year for us. 05 was definitely a hard time for the teams. 10 was too. Mm-hmm. I think 12 was. Well, 10 is when extortion happened. Yeah. 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 yeah one of my best friends, he was, he got switched off the helicopter right before. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't, he was augmenting from five. Um, and he was just did everything he could to get over there then to, to oh, six. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then now he's going back as the CEO of one oh. of the squadrons. Oh, really? Yeah. God, yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I got, got a text switched. message from a bunch of our guys the other day, and he, they were telling me that one of my, one of my buddies is, is, is an XO at somewhere. I was like, first of all, that's terrifying <laughs> <laughs> that they put you as the XO. And secondly, I can't believe we're that old. Yeah. You're old, babe. Yeah. Apparently. It's okay. Yeah, did that and then became a combatives instructor. And that that's was that was like the greatest job that? ever. Okay, AJ, so me and AJ, AJ James kind of recruited me over for that. Uh, I, I feel being in the teams is the best fraternity ever. Yeah. Like the military is our college <laughs> and the teams are our fraternity. What we grew into and the schools, no one knows about that. Our schools that we get to go to. And it's like a reunion because all the guys who are my best friends and Dude. buds that are on the East Coast that I haven't seen for a year that's and right, a half, that's how that we come back and I did Sniper and Breacher and all the, like, Hearst cast masks, everything with all these guys that I, you know, haven't seen for a year and a half, but we have all these amazing memories. And it was just the, the coolest thing. That's the thing. best part about the schools. Yeah, totally. Because yeah, you know we're going to have a good time because we never get to see each other. Yes. And wherever they're at across the United States, globe, wherever they send us to train, man, when we run into each other, it is a time. How do you and, become a, um, a combat instructor, though? So I had a, I had a background in it. So it makes a lot of sense to take someone who's already trained in jujitsu and Muay Thai and has fights. And then I start training. That's an after like everything about you is written down after I started training with Jocko and Dean Lister at victory. And then, um, I was just really close as well. My former platoon chief in Iraq was the, um, he was the chief of combative. So him and AJ kind of recruited me and then, yeah, went over and it was just amazing. And I had like the greatest group of guys I worked with there. And we had revamped the whole thing. We we got rid of CQD and it became all the ones combatives. Yeah, it was they had done it a little bit before I got there, but then I kinda helped cement we're not going back to uh, that. It was thing. only a matter of time for the change. <laughs> what is yeah. CQD? Close quarter combat. Yeah, close quarter defense. defense and, and it was changes. it was like a Dieter system and you're like Doing this weird We got stuff. taught to fight. So every generation <laughs> learns to fight, then they teach the next generation how to fight till they go fight, and then we have to switch it. And there's always that transitional period when, they, when those are merging together. Yeah. Is this the um, class that you and JJ had to go up against each other in? Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's what I'm talking about. This is a funny story. So him and one of his best friends had to go up. In the box? in the box mm. against each other, a boxer versus um, martial arts. Marcus' specialty is karate. So they go up and everybody was saying that the boxer would always have the upper hand. Like, no pun intended, but the upper <laughs> hand on this. And before JJ could even 
reach back, <laughs> Marcus had kicked him in the chest, and he went flying <laughs> across the thing. And it was Marcus's swim buddy that told that he was like egging Marcus on to get in the get on the box and do this, but. Uh, how they tell this story, I laugh my butt off because I can just picture his friend JJ flying. Which JJ? John was, Jones, officer type. Okay. Um. Oh, so funny. But he was a big boxer even in college. And, yeah, up against. That was one of the best parts when UFC came online and we started integrating all those guys into us. Whoever signed off on that did a fantastic job. Yeah, because we, we're trained by civilians anyways, and then we kind of close ourselves off in certain things. But when they open those tactics up and let that funnel start funneling all that stuff in there, location too, man, look, it's all around us. Yeah, San Diego. There's so many great awesome, jujitsu and martial arts gyms around there, and that's what they do the in Hawaii program. too. One yeah. thing about Hawaii, we did a lot was fight. Yeah. Hawaiians love to do that. <laughs> yeah, they love to surf and fight. Part of their culture. That's part of the culture. That's what we did. He can annoy you. Those brothers are out there. The Wolf Brothers. The North Shore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you get up there, too. Kala, Kala, yeah. and all these guys. Man, they got some scrappers out there. Cabbage was fighting a lot. You ever hear that guy, Cabbage? I know the name. <laughs> and I'd be at, like... It was like, Rumble on the Rock. It was I like would, every Friday or Saturday thing. I would go to, like, the Volcom House during Pipe Masters and stuff with uh, Chiron Gracie. Yeah, BJ Penn. And, oh, yeah. But, yeah, the program there was incredible. And then... I'd been, I'd already been going to Brazil and stuff with the Gracies and kind of lo- loved it. Now, how'd you get tied in with their family? So one of my instructors, when I trained in Orlando, Gracie Baja Orlando, Mikey Gomez, he had moved out and he was teaching at the Gracie Baja headquarters in Irvine. And I had met like Chiron before when he was just out, like teaching a seminar, but then Chiron and his uh, cousin Honis, I just go up and visit them and we'd all go out, have fun. They would come visit me. We'd go out in Pacific beach, just became really close. And then they would go back for Christmas and new year's to Brazil and they would invite me to go with them. So, so is there a big section of the family still lives there? Oh yeah. A lot of their, a lot of their family is there and also their like the mafia, family, right? the head sheds back in the Island and then the rest but of them are here. Then their family is scattered to the wind with all their schools. Like Igor and Gregor are in, uh, New York with Henzo and then Roger is in London and all the Gracie family would come to like Rio and go out to like Trancozu or Floripa for New Year's and have a own. And Cecilina lives in San, San Diego. She's in uh, L- Los Angeles. Los yeah. She's great. Yeah. A yeah, great family. They're, they're we, we were talking about that earlier and man, I think the, the first of all, they're exceptional. Yeah. Then their family, they, they, they always they fight exceptional. They they train exceptionally. Well. They treat me like a member of their family yeah. from and like pass day down one. What they did for people they don't even know. Yeah, just just the fact that they maintain that, I find exceptional. Man. Yeah, they're literally like my brother and sister. You know, are they um, cool like that yeah. with outsiders when you come? Because you know some aren't. Yeah, like you can be friends with some people, but most families like that they don't open up. Yeah, but for some you gotta reason, marry into it or? for some reason they uh, yeah it was it was like that it was it was kind of funny too. My friend, are you the only white guy? My <laughs> friend, my friend Mike Melby, um, Chiron ended up telling him, "Hey man, I think you should date my sister," and ended up marrying his sister Caroline. And I went to the wedding in in Rio. It was a 
big beautiful wedding down there uh, unreal and melby he had gone to wharton for his mba really oh, he's guy. like a black belt but really successful had a has a venture fund fit lab he's does all partners with adi Attar, like connie connor mcgregor's manager and yeah so yeah really smart really yeah good athlete um so yeah went went to their wedding it was it was another it was another level a gracie wedding in in rio de janeiro you can't get drunk talk smack because everyone can fight yeah oh my gosh so when you got out of the teams it seems like you kind of had a setup of somewhere to go whether did you have an idea of what you wanted to do when you got out yeah so i had a I'd hurt my back on my second deployment, fast roping on a roof. We were doing like a hostage rescue training mission. I just had a hard landing and kind of herniated my L5S1. Didn't even know till the next day something was wrong. My foot wasn't working. My foot was just slapping everywhere I went. I had drop foot. Oh, and shit, really? Crazy sciatica. I just kept doing everything. I'm like carrying engines around for like setting stuff up on the Zodiacs, which is once they found out like they're like you can't even carry your backpack but uh i go over i fly to, i have to fly to landstuhl germany and then they did emergency surgery the oh, next where were day you when you found that out um i was in abu dhabi i'm sorry i didn't catch out. that part yeah you on so i was on deployment i was on deployment oh, okay, yeah when i hurt my back I, I thought you were, go ahead. halfway like halfway through I fly to landstuhl have that surgery um do physical therapy for a while and then i'm like all right said I'm all better and then start teaching the combatives and we would actually have like Hori and Gracie and Henner come down and teach certain classes for us. Brian Ortega, who's like fought for the belt a bunch of times, he would come down and then Brian started inviting us up to uh, train with his, with his coach and to train at Henner's and, and Horian's. So it was just awesome training with all these guys, but slowly my back started getting worse and worse. And, um, eventually i'd be like i'd like hurt it and be walking around like an old man for weeks and i'd get better and then i'd start training again and i started just start doing more muay thai but then i'd even hurt it doing that so um this doctor was like hey you really shouldn't go back to a platoon and ended up putting me in for a medical retirement so did that after 10 years and then uh you had kyle maynard on right kyle maynard he was born without arms and legs so when he was on the podcast, me and him were living together in San Diego and I would bring Kyle in and have him speak to my students and uh, just, I thought it was really motivating and powerful. And it's like, if you, cause I used to think if I ever get blown up overseas, I'm going to be really strong for my weight class, the way Kyle Maynard is. And, you know, I could see this beautiful life he had, even though he doesn't have arms or legs and he was like my, and randomly all of a sudden he's at a beach bar next to me. I'm like, Carl Maynard, what's up? I never, I never met him before. He was like one of my heroes. It was like him and Pat Tillman. And all of a sudden we, we start talking, become friends. We start hanging out a lot. I start bringing him in to speak to my students and motivate them. And we just start doing trips together. And then we end up traveling around the world together. And I took him diving at the Great Barrier Reef, we climbed the highest mountain in Australia together. It was his third of the seven summits, like the highest mountain on each continent. And uh, yeah, had all, yeah, all this awesome. And I came back from doing like 20 plus countries with him. And then uh, 
applied to UCLA Anderson and then did my MBA there because I had a lot of good uh, just business connections in Los Angeles at the time. And then did that and had my, I had already founded my company Sunga Life after being in Brazil. I loved the Brazilian swimwear. I thought I want to share this awesome kind of life hack with the rest of the US. So I took this Brazilian swimwear and made it patriotic and all about freedom and then created my own camo patterns as well. Actually brought you guys some oh, some cool. uh, Sunga Life so you can represent. And then, uh, and yeah, so that was my master's thesis at UCLA. But uh, how old when you went to do that? I was, I want to say 30. So I got out at 33. I was like medically retired at 33, traveled the world for a year, 34 at UCLA, graduated, um, 37. I did the three year program. When you went back? Because I talked to it a was lot actually of the, really hard. <laughs> I talked to a lot of the guys, and they, yeah. they they couldn't do it in the beginning. But they when they went back because of the discipline, it's not a problem. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, the classes were really hard. The quant like the economics classes I took at UCF as like an undergrad was not on the same planet of <laughs> the economics I took. It was like deri- derivatives. And it was like all this advanced calculus, even in just economics. I was like, it was like A, B, or C when I was t- taking yeah. classes in undergrad. And but I would just, I would just hire a tutor, um, work like study different, like study for eight hours a day, a, a few days in a row, and then would like you know ace the test. Never had, never had an issue. But I would be st- like studying the days leading up. Because a lot of guys I test. talk to, man, it's like everything that most team guys when they get out, they feel like everything we got you're gonna go get into is as hard as butts. Yeah. Or as hard as any of the school. All of our schools are hard. Yeah. Sniper school is one of the hardest things I had to go through. Definitely. I did it. I remember Mojo the... Morgan when he would come. I, I would see him. He went through sniper school first, and he's like, I hope I was hoping they would kick me out. Damn. Where'd I you, where'd you do it at? Uh, Pendleton. Oh, you did Pendleton, yeah, San, wow. San Diego, and Pendleton. Wow. I did mine in Indiana. Did you get yellow fever? <laughs> Some of the guys that we were sending out there, they got they kept catching that yellow. They they really uh, yeah, wasn't it Colinga or Terlinga? Oh, whatever. That, some of my think... guys that came back caught that freaking whatever that was. Dang. So I didn't go there. I got sent wow. over to uh, NSW sniper. Yeah, this was NSW sniper. We had two locations at the time. There was Indiana, was kind of like the East Coast, mm-hmm. and then Nyland was. The other one and nylon was not they were like oh, they were like crawling and just rocks for God, <laughs> hours for they were stalking stalking in the rocks at 130 degrees the stalking was the wor- yeah I mean, that, if you're a sniper if someone tells you they got that qual and they are one you just know yeah. they they put some work in yeah but the tutors kept you on track at UCLA. yeah and i would I would just um because i feel like i would get behind a little bit sometimes in the class i'd be like what's What's going on? Be like, all right, now we got the mid, and it was a ten, it was quarterly, so every ten weeks, what is it was ten week courses, so you'd have a midterm and a final every five weeks. So I could get behind, like not totally know what's going on for a little bit, and then okay, I got a test. I got really like hammer down on this because I was also working. I was also like involved with several things, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I could stop everything else. I'm only studying the next few days. And how's your back? You know, 
I went. They to, cut you. I went to. Yeah, I I was having major issues. It just kept getting worse and worse. And even just trying to do basic workouts, I'd like pop and go out on me. And then I went to Columbia to the bio accelerator, and they did stem cells in my spine. Yeah, I got. I'm like a new person after getting that. Literally, I like my my neck stopped cracking. My my back stopped hurting. I went. I, I went and ended up doing a crazy TV show in Korea, um, like a month after. Of course you did. And it was uh, in Korea? me, yeah, me, Kaj Larson, um, Ian Shinelli, who was a guy. He had been my new guy, and then he did like ten years at Team Team Five, and he actually played soccer for the Navy for a little bit as a SEAL in like the Olymp- military Olympics, mm. but. Uh, be, like CrossFit guy, really strong. And then we had a Green Beret on our team as well. And then we competed against all these Korean uh, special special forces, Rock Seals, the 707s, which are like their, their CAG, and then HID, which is kind of like an Intel unit for them, and a UDU, which might be like STV or something. I'm not even sure. It was their underwater demolition unit mm-hmm. is what they called it. It's cool they have the same names but we're there filming for a month and it was hardcore you're in korea korea for a month and it was kind of like buds again kaj hadn't done boats on heads since since uh 9 11 and he was we were doing boats on heads racing the nah, korean seals i would never do that like, like, <laughs> i just I was like hey i'm not doing that again i did i when i signed up I didn't know we were doing boats Any on heads. Any other team guy saw you but, do that, dude. They'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> Literally, and it it was brutal. Especially at first, it was brutal. We fly in. They tell us we're going to get time to like acclimate, and we're going to get to test their weapons and all these things. And we end up having a weapon shoot, and our weapons were just a little different. They had safeties. The Green Beret was like, oh, I'm a really good shooter. I'll, I'll shoot. Let me, let me shoot for us. And... He he didn't do well. He wasn't used to the gun or whatever. But uh, so we lost the first thing. We do another thing, and now it's like mud wrestling—a big pit of mud and water—and you line up, and it's two on two, and you got to basically get pushed out. And oh, like sumo we style? start kind of, but it's like a lot of grappling. You're on the ground in the mud in the water, and we go to start, and the guys are shorter. They're they're jacked, but they're but they're shorter. And I'm like feeling, I'm used to, you know, the mats and jujitsu and used to um, like being able to sprawl and my feel, my feet are stuck in the mud. I'm like, oh, I'm like thinking, I'm like trying to make sure I don't get, and all of a sudden the guy just immediately goes for a single leg. I fall back and land on a rock hard sandbag and his shoulder and the sandbag like sandwich my, my, I literally feel my rib pop out and I'm like, no. Oh my and gosh. I'm going and I'm like using jujitsu, trying to like get back up, but I'm also like drowning at the same time. And my partner gets pushed out in the first like five or 10 seconds. So all of a sudden I'm like starting to get my bearings, but I can feel my ribs sticking out. And all of a sudden now I have two guys on me and I'm like, you're kidding me. And I'm still trying to go. It goes maybe like a minute. And eventually I think they just like blow the whistle like mercy or something. And I stand up and as I stand up, I feel my rib pop back into place. And I'm like, you are kidding me. And I'm like, 
I go over and I'm just like, whatever. Uh, but my rib hurts so bad. And we get back to the place and they have us sleeping on the floor. Like we're all just in the room. And then they interview us for like four or five hours. And it's about like why we're so bad and like why we did so bad. <laughs> and all these questions and we're like wanting to kill these people. <laughs> we're so angry. And we just got embarrassed. We're jet lagged. We're all this stuff. And then they go through. And they have a few more things. And this was for, there was a tournament to decide the best soldier. And then the team would pick. And so we, sp luckily, the next two days, we're just, w we're watching. But they're doing this obstacle course. We're watching a uh, like, bunch of shooting stress courses. And we're, we're eliminated from the, first, from the first thing. And it goes through. And then the team that wins is one of the rock seals and they pick us to be the person to go head to head against. And if you lose that, then you go to the death match. So the first thing we're doing is boats on heads against the rock seals. And it's like a 300, 300 meter run with the boats, get into the water, paddle out, take down a ship, swim down, pull out this key, undo the key, this, uh, 200 pound box you got to lift up and out of the sailboat back into the paddle back with just the four of you get to land run back 300 meters with this 200 pound box and we're racing the whole way and we just beat the crap out of the rock seals and it was the greatest like you know i'm not doing all like crazy sports as much as I did when I was younger. So I have to say this was the sweetest victory that I had had in years. <laughs> like after it Have started, it. after it started so bad and like, and the fact it was boats on heads against the rock seals, they chose us. It was the sweetest victory. We're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we just start like kicking their ass and all. So did y'all win kinds the whole show? Stuff. Or can we, you say um, that? We ended up getting, eliminated in the quarter in the in the semifinals against the team that won we did a um we were faster than them we went through and did a clearance but uh yeah somebody on our team got shot a lot and he uh and for every time you were shot it added like a minute to your time so we we ended up losing to them even though we had just we had just beat them and we ended up getting our revenge in the mud we had a whole other mud wrestling thing and we ended up like coming back and winning and choosing choosing the team we were competing against and yeah but it but it was an amazing it was an amazing experience it was a month long i learned so much about my grandpa fighting in korea all the places he was a sniper in the marines he had two purple hearts those and are i would tough think sale, man that frozen chosen yeah he had to retreat from a million Chinese that were like about to surround them. And I would just, when I, when my rib was hurting, I would just think, you know what? My grandpa had been through so much worse for a full year in Korea, freezing with his friends dying around him. He was 20 years old. He'd been shot in the chest, shrapnel in the neck, and he just kept, he just got patched up and kept fighting. The other crazy thing was his second lieutenant at a in in the marines his grandson ended up being an officer at my seal team oh my gosh like, yeah his his and his showing that did, what did y'all make that did connection you tell that story? 
Oh yeah, he knew the guy. Oh, okay, the guy sorry. came to my graduation. Oh, okay, the right. guy came to my graduation and met met my grandpa and grandma. Um, he ended up being ended up going to like dev group and stuff. Was an awesome, awesome guy. Good dude. Yeah, good. really good, really good dude. Like Rhodes Scholar, really smart. That's Those awesome. guys, man, in our in our fraternity, that have that. Like the Yale guys. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like when they're around, the Harvard and Yale guys. <laughs> Speak eight languages. Like, you know, they kind of. These are seals. I mean, we got guys who read physics books on the plane when we're flying somewhere. Then you got guy who's staring at a porno mag, and then you got. I mean, it's yeah. all across the board. Yeah. And, and there are freaking yeah. smart ones, man. And this guy could like. I think he could overhead squat like three fifteen. Yeah, that too. And he know, was that. the valedictorian at the Naval Academy. Like breath always what, smelled good. But, perfect <laughs> hair, you know, yeah. stuff like that, man. Just, yeah. So what's but the name? Was, real quick, what's the name of the show? Iron Squad Three. Iron Squad Three. Iron Is it Squad on? Three. Like, where can people watch this? So, it's on Korean Korean Netflix, and it's on. There's a thing. It's like Kakoa, which is like a Korean TV thing. I have a login. I could send to you guys. Yeah. But what's that other? Because I gotta tell you, I don't know if I have Korean TV on <laughs> yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Just saying. They have they have subtitles on it, so you could. See, uh, I mean, they got their money out of us. It was like 15 hour long episodes that they did. Well, how did you even get picked to do something? Like, how does a Korean TV network find you? They were looking for American special special ops to bring in and make. They had been the number one show in Korea. And it was when. So we went hiking with. with, uh, I, I went back again to film the reunion and. Ed Byers was there. His wife, oh, yeah. is, his yeah. wife is Korean, and his daughter, is ha- half Korean, and so he met up with us, and we hiked the highest mountain there. And like every other person that passed us, it's like Jeff, Ian, Kaj, every oh like gosh. the whole way. Every they didn't just like recognize us; they knew our names. Yeah, like so, and like girls would be like jumping, like cr- little tiny Korean girls. Oh, oh, it'd be like jumping. It oh was so, God. it was so funny. People, it was nice, the great pe- food. The greatest good. people, yeah, the yeah, greatest people, the greatest food. Uh, and they were almost like, you know, sometimes uh, I see a lot of stuff with the new generation, like where, you know, a certain percentage have like a positive view of Osama bin Laden and we're like reposting stuff on TikTok about his like speech to America and all these, the people there are like, I cannot believe that American soldiers came and fought on our soil to protect us and allow us to have this country. They would, people, people would write, there would be thousands of comments on, on a behind the scenes stuff that would be on YouTube. I like love America. I cannot believe these soldiers came like, there, thank you to your grandpa what he did we're a country because of like your grandpa and his friends I cannot mm-hmm. believe they sacrificed and came and did this for us when they didn't know us at all like and that many of them gave their lives for us it's so powerful mm. like people and to see that country thriving yeah people say America what's America they think they're the world police or this and, well number one look at Europe yeah. number one look at Europe look at D-Day look at you know all of Europe would be under Nazi control. That's the control. ones that we were fighting like, against. The ones we help. Like when yeah. someone shows up just to help you, and you don't you don't have to pay them anything, and they're yeah. just yeah. I mean, that they give you it's different. Yeah, you don't ever hear from them. Yep, they're not the ones doing all the talking. They don't talk. Mm-hmm. The ones that are making all the noise. You know, they were usually the ones we were kicking the shit out of. 
Okay, military community, this one's for you. Navy Federal Credit Union is here to serve you with their member-owned, not-for-profit approach. With a commitment to low fees, competitive rates, and resources tailored just for your needs, Navy Federal is putting their members before anything else they do. Join Navy Federal today and experience the benefits that can save you over $470 per year just by banking with them. On average, their credit card APR is 6% lower than the industry average, and on top of that, their regular savings rate is nearly double the industry average, just ensuring that your money is working harder for you while you're banking for them. Plus, with their mobile app, you can redeem these awards as soon as you earn them. Don't miss out on these low intro APR offers and visit NavyFederal.org and learn more and start saving today. Remember, Navy Federal is insured by the NCUA and membership is required. Message and data rates may apply. Go visit NavyFederal.org for more information and join the Navy Federal family today. One of my best friends is Vietnamese and she loves Korean TV. Whoa. And um, I hear she talks about um, K-pop. That yeah. it's like yeah. it's like a thing, like K, Korean, the Korean pop. whatever. It's Korean K-pop, pop stars, KTV, like yep. all of this stuff. The people in Korea are just really big fans of like the media, their media sources. So I'm sure I'm, it was a huge yeah, show. I'm, We're gonna have to Hunter. You're gonna have to splice in. His mud wrestling where his rib popped out. <laughs> You're going to have to find that uh, clip. It's like from old school. I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> and splice that in. <laughs> so when you got back from that, what have you been doing? So um, I'm also involved. Are you familiar with how DeSantis has made the Florida State Guard? Mm-mm. So there's, uh, you know. Y'all didn't have that already? He, you say he did, developed that? Yeah, so he made the, the, it had been disbanded after World War II. And he just uh, kind of made the first unit again. And there's a few thousand people in that. But there's a special operations company like SOC that is 60 guys. And it's all former SEALs, um, Green Berets, PJs, uh, Marine Raiders. And we went through some training up in Pensacola for, for a few weeks. And it's, uh, yeah, just pretty the guys are amazing. Are they still very, doing that? Very laid back. Yeah. yeah. I go up there quite a bit, bro. <laughs> yeah. Marcus wants to be a part of it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Wait a minute, y'all we got could a club? use you. Are you saying you got a club? We could we could we could use you for sure. Um because I'll and, join a club. And that way, you know, we have all these guys who have millions of dollars of training and they don't want to necessarily be going over to the Middle East and doing whatever now. They have families I, I know and exactly jobs. exactly what you're talking about. But now like a hurricane comes, we can go in, we can save people, yeah. help people, do like a quick thing, then go back and continue like business, run your run your family business or whatever you got to yeah. do. It's like a Rub- like, Team Rubicon thing. Yeah, and, and yeah. All but all under the governor. governor like yeah. we're not under the DOD or anything you like that. You just meet him? Not yet, but I'm sure... Uh, I I've been to a thing he was at. I didn't meet him personally, yeah. but uh, I've been around him. Yeah. So through all of that, did you con- you continued your um, brand of swimwear and all that? How how do you keep that up? Yeah. So um, you know, I just create kind of new designs, new shirts, uh, and just 
put it on a lot of friends, have people wear it, create content, and then do a lot of different charity events as well. So every year there's a Hudson Seal Swim and everyone wears a We watch Sunga. that on TV. Really? Yes. Yeah. So, so those are my I shorts. Done have you done have you been Oh, I did it every year. Every year? Every year. No, I, yeah. I haven't done it. I did it every year. I would love to have you out. Um, I bet you would. Kaj <laughs> <laughs> says the same thing. Yeah. Me and Kaj swim with Pete Hegseth. Ray and, was there. Ray, yep, freaking Ray. awesome. Um, on, trying babe, to get Rob. Rob has trying to get did, Rob out. He said well, he'll he, do if he it. Do it, I'll go. Okay, awesome, awesome. And then you need to get That's, the congressmen's too. You need yes, to get all the congressmen. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. From my brother to Zinky to Van, all them suckers. Yes. They're not gonna like that. This. Would be, Even Pirate Dan. That would be legit. Get his ass down. I don't know and, why all of us aren't there. Yeah. It, I mean it's a it's incredible. There's, there is a bunch. Yeah. I told you that I, I don't know if I ran this past you, but I want to throw a reunion for us where we're all of us who's ever been a, if you've ever had a trident pinned on your chest, you got to show up. One must. Wow. Wow. One time where we're all there. Yeah. I've already started working um, on it. I'm there. All right, cool. 100%. Most everybody um, I run, I float that past or like they'll, because we had the reunions. Yeah. But I'm talking about where you get all of us there. Yeah. We That's are. one of my favorite parts about it, going and doing this swim, because I meet all these frogmen from oh, older, yeah. older generations and now younger generations. Sometimes it's guys too. I put through training and stuff, and they're like, Jeff, I'm like, oh, what, like, what's up? And get to hear about their career and everything as well. Um, me and Rob, O'Neill, and Kaj actually just made a really badass shooting range as well up in the West Palm area. It's, it's uh, nine acres outdoor. It's called Train Club. Like kind of like Fight Club, but yeah. Train Club, and we're not supposed to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's a <laughs> but um, yeah, would love to have you guys out there as well. Um, Is it just pistol or pistol rifle? Little mini sniper goes out to three hundred oh, yards because yeah. uh, land is very scarce in South Florida. But mm -hmm. we got nine acres. We we may get a little more. Have they but... come online with an optical like the golf? You know, they have, they have the golf simulators. Where you can see at distance. For have shooting. they done that for shooting yet? I think they do. I have heard. I haven't done it myself, but I've heard. I know they have a lot of things where it'll be scenario-based training. Yeah, check. Where you're moving through and right. That virtual world. Now that we're in that, I imagine once the teams get a hold of that, yeah, turn that. Turn I know that they into had a something. thing. I think it was called the Gunfighter Course, and they would have people doing different CQC in just scenario stuff, testing yeah. people's reflexes and all that, and you can also be. Seeing, are they getting a spike in blood pressure or whatever? Uh, oh, what riles them up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, right. that's, yeah. Right. that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. biometrics and all that mm -hmm. coming online. Yep. The best, what you said, were the old guys. Because, you know, we don't hang out with the reservists when they come in because they're there to steal all our stuff and we everybody got that persona, even though they're not, right? Mm -hmm. And then the old guys are the old guys. They don't even talk to us. They hate us because we're new guys. But then when you get out after a couple of years and the reunion's going in and just hearing their stories, about how not just the war stories because those are all those are great, but it's the, the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, that's that's what I freaking love, man. I it was one of the literally one of the best parts about it is just meet, meeting the guys from other generations and because we have a good time. Yeah, we don't have to go somewhere to have a good time. We are a freaking good time. Is that at nine eleven? When is that? It's like the, it's between. A lot of times it's been the first week yeah, you'll of, switch August, of August, oh, of but August. the last time it was like the third week. I think because of the tides or something, they moved it a bit. They have to do that for army guys. <laughs> can you swim? You can swim. I'm not an army guy. I know. I'm a bastard. 
but I'm not full no, blown. No, I'm saying, but did, you could do it. I did oh, some I, other stuff too. Like I did the hey, Boston so Frogman. Do, do you know they have fins that have jets on them now? Not jet fins like we had. I mean, these suckers <laughs> actually got propellers on them. I've seen, I've seen, uh, and like the little underwater. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you did the Boston. The Boston thing? one. It was funny too because everybody was wearing. I just done Alcatraz. And like swam it in a one How of my that? one of my sungas. It was cold. That was the coldest, like swim I had done. So we were gonna do an assault onto that with the just like from the rock. Wow. That, that movie. We no got, way. We got, that's this close. That's so iconic. My chief told that me is that. so like, iconic. I walked in and he had the pictures laid out. I was like, "What are we doing?" Wow. He's like thinking about attacking Alcatraz. I was like, "Are you?" I will not give that command. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> don't think that we did that. Yeah, <laughs> fine combat. Yeah. incursion to retake an impenetrable fortress. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, and it got kanked. You're now oh, talking in movie quotes. Yeah, yeah, it got kanked, man. But go ahead. That was so cold, but it was was a pain in the ass to swim it. It was so choppy too. I was like swimming and just getting hit by a wave, hit by a wave. I'm going. Because those dudes they say that escape swam out of there. Is that what do you think? Because you're a professional swim swimmer. Swam or a boat? Um, what do you think? It was. I mean, I don't think a normal person that isn't a swimmer could like all of them. I don't think a normal person. could Somebody do just it. frolics in a swimming pool. That's not swimming. No. Yeah. No. So they'd get their asses kicked going through there. Yeah. I. I mean, it was, it's so choppy. I think a normal person would drown for sure, especially without a wetsuit. I just kept thinking, like, I just kept, you know, I call myself names and things. Yeah. I'm like, kick harder, you're going to die. Like, <laughs> oh, I come up with all kinds of murder scenes <laughs> yeah. to get, to, to stay busy kicking to where yeah. I'm freeze I'm like, Yeah, I did that too. I'm like, your, your legs are what's keeping you warm. Kick, kick, yeah, kick, kick, kick. Like, it was all the other seals. I, Paul Toma was one other guy. He wore he wore one of my sungas as well. Yeah, yeah. he's my he's my boy. Um, me and him wore sungas, and everybody else was in a Soon in a wetsuit. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's like the CEO of the dude, right? Seal Future Foundation. He's amazing. I heard yeah, he's actually a great dude. I lived, don't know him that well. But yeah, I he lived right. They lived right next to me in uh, when I was in L.A. doing my doing my MBA. We were in like, I love the same her, place. Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're incredible. They're amazing. What else do you have going on? Don't you work with the adaptive training? Yeah, so David Vabora is one of my closest friends, and I'm a I'm a board member for uh, for the Adaptive Training Foundation up in Dallas. So I'm I go through there a lot, um, just helping with the athletes. And then we do after like nine weeks of training, everything spiritual, mental, physical, putting oh, the guys through all, all these yeah, yeah, all good. these uh, amazing kind of building back. It's Literally, they perform miracles there. Like people are, they they've been twenty, thirty years and haven't walked. And at the end of nine nine weeks, they're they're like walking. Like <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. Like the wars and all this we had to go through, and, and especially with our guys, there's so many programs out there that we have an answer for it. That's another reason I want to put all of us together. I want to find out who our doctors are. Yeah. I want to know who all of our lawyers are, who all of our accountants are. Like in the SEAL teams. In the SEAL teams. Yeah. So that way we have our, you got your calling card. You throw that sucker down, you need something, we got a guy. And then overall military with all the charities and just the way that the real good of of getting us in the program, through the program, but then we rotate out, we get older, we we don't have that yet. It's out there, we just need to pull it together. And I I know that's what we're here for. Yeah. It's it's really cool you say all this. You know, I I hung out with Rob O'Neill right after you kind of, went down to Mexico with him and he just looked so good and sharp and everything. And he was telling 
me the story of you kind of being there and just guiding him through all that. And it was cool. I went back at night and kind of, I don't know if it was like in the middle of the night or whatever, but I just had this kind of, you know, thinking of him going through the mountains of Afghanistan, like looking for you during the mission of Lone Survivor and everything to recover you. And I don't know if he even knew you then. We didn't Did, know each other. He, so you, he didn't even know you then. I knew he was looking for him. But we, that's, yeah. the, but yeah, that's, that's the brotherhood, yeah, you know, right. just going, looking for your Matter brother. Matter of fact, I didn't know y'all even... were pissed off that y'all weren't the ones that found me. <laughs> the SEAL teams. The, yeah. I know that, I know that every, every team guy that was out there looking for him was pissed off that he didn't find me. And he was also pissed off at me for getting lost. So far out there. <laughs> I was like, I know you were cussing me. He's like, yeah, I was. I'm like, it's all right, man. It's all right. He said like the donkeys were like just walking. They were just committing suicide. Yeah, everything quit. Just walking. Every, They're like was going quitting. up the mountain. Nobody the, wanted to be there. The donkey would look around and be like, screw this and step off the side. <laughs> like they, but then like, then you are helping him through all, all that. And it's just like, wow, that what a brotherhood. I was just feeling like so lucky yeah. to be. Well, then it goes, that, it, you know? it, it, it separates because of the swim buddy thing. Yeah. So like if you, someone will do me a solid and I didn't know the, then it's connected to somebody and it comes back around. I was like, Hey man, I know, I know what you did. So here this, and we get, that's how we give each other, man. It's, it's a slack. We give each other. It's great. It's the most important thing we got, and I never you can't see it while you're in because it, we're so focused on it. And it, But when you get back out, man, hey, look, if your ass has a trident on your chest or something, about, I, I get to see past all that. So, yeah, I, I had a really beautiful experience. I haven't done that one, but I went down to Costa Rica with the Heroic Hearts Project, and that was unreal. It was all like a veteran veteran retreat, and they had um, all these University of Georgia scientists like conducting research on us the whole time. Yeah. I haven't been down there. You, that's yeah. doing ayahuasca? Yeah, Iowa, yeah, that's doing aya. And it was... She yeah. can grab a hold of you too, from what I yeah, understand. Yeah. Right? yeah. It was unbelievable, just like the divine yeah. like wisdom that came to me through that on all the traumas of your life and you learn the lessons yeah. out of that. How about that? And somebody asked me what it was the other day. I was like, imagine all your memories thrown into a home movie with the instruction man what it Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I was it's, like, oh all right. It was like or it was like this thing and be drawn out right. on, on a whiteboard wow. for me, explaining it to me, like literally the professor teaching me. The word they use it, the natives call it is uni and that means wisdom. And it's really like this just divine wisdom that comes and you have all these intentions. It's like, okay, this one, okay, this one, okay, this one. And you miss like your father and your brother and like here they are. And you um, have this, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to get into this stuff with my ex-girlfriend. Well, here it is. And <laughs> yeah, okay, it's, it out. it's like, <laughs> it does like, that. Yeah. Yep. And, and then, it shows it right there. And then you kind of, if you want to look away, you peer up at it. But, but it's such a logical. Yeah, it's really so logical. It's so logical. It's crazy. Like, well, I completely overthought that. And when it hits you with the log wisdom. Yes. And the, the, and the understanding, you're like, oh, okay. And I just never felt so much love and gratitude and just for everyone who's been in my life my of all the people i could have been born to and i was born to my mom and all the siblings i could have had and i had my sister and my brother and just the like it was hard for me to even think of my 
dad and brother without being sad because I missed them so much, but it made me just so unbelievably grateful for the time I did have with them. That's what you realize. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, you're looking, you're looking at that all wrong. Yeah. It's how much time did you get to have yes, exactly. with that? So was um, your brother with your dad in the accident? No. Um, my brother, um, he kind of started to struggle with um, drugs after I went to college, maybe a, maybe a few years later. And then he went to school in Philadelphia at Temple. He was he was. He, he was brilliant. He was like, he was the one, he still has all the records for the soccer team. He was a prom king. He was in gifted. Uh, but for some reason he was a little more like glass is half full. Me and my sister were glasses, half empty. Me and my sister were glasses, half full. And he would like dabble with different drugs and stuff. And then he went to, went to school there, which is a bad part of town in Philadelphia and start getting into heroin and mm. things like that. And, um, he had like multiple overdoses that he survived. And then my mom like had him in rehab and I would come back and tell him, I'm like, Chris, if you ever like feel the need to do that, I'll fly back. I'll be with you. He ended up driving, uh, his friend was driving him to a concert. I think they had done something. He drove off the road, hit a tree. His friend died, his friend died driving into the tree. Um, I flew back from Iraq. I left for like a week and I'm like, I have to be there for my little brother. And he kind of came out of the coma or like really bad concussion. It was the first memories he had for like the week of kind of being out. And he had a broken hip and fractured neck. Somehow he was like miraculously snowboarding three months later. He made an unbelievable recovery and he switched schools, went to Pittsburgh. Was it my sister was in Pitt Dental School, just graduating. He was studying chemical engineering there. And my mom, we were back at my grad my sister's graduation. She's like, one of his friends told me he did he did drugs again, that they're really worried about him. I had a I had a talk with him. I'm like, Chris, you're playing Russian roulette. I'll do anything to like keep you from doing that. Um and he kind of got a little upset. I think he was almost going to leave, but I got him to stay, have like one more night. And then a week later they were back in Pennsylvania on Memorial day. He had like barbecued for my mom. They had a really nice day and he goes and buys heroin and shot up in the bathroom. And my mom found him in the morning, just dead. And how old was he? 23. Yeah. That's terrible. Um, yeah, really painful. I miss him so much. We were so close growing up, and he was an athlete, and he had the best personality. Everyone loved him, but for some reason, he like couldn't couldn't get away from it. And I wish I knew about these things. I would have literally taken him the next day oh, yeah. anywhere. I didn't, know. Yeah. I didn't know this stuff existed. Yeah. This was exactly ten years ago for me, oh, yeah. and it just wasn't really known yet and i was still in the military so i was like especially didn't especially didn't know know anything back then yeah isn't it Um, crazy though like you being you knowing that now and knowing that something like ibogaine it is a one time normally when we hear the term psychedelic medicine we think of the crazy 60s and people getting high 
yeah. on it. They won't on this. But on this specific medicine, Ibogaine, I'm taking just that one alone, can take someone that's on heroin and completely change their life. Yeah. And they don't feel any detox symptoms, nothing. They just, as long as they stay disciplined and not going back to whatever um, environment they were in to begin with, to, to stay in that, it can completely change their life. And I don't understand why our government doesn't embrace this because there are so many deaths to heroin in, in good kids. It's, it's not the like only they're... Thing. It's the only thing that works, Yeah, too. it's the it's only, only thing. thing that works. And these are deaths that I mean, be... it kicks it out. Yeah. Because the rest of them are still in there. And you can't, I think all those programs where you go in, like, therapy to talk and all that, then they're just trying to train it in you. Yeah. yeah. Rehabs and that, that's But all, the that's, urge is still in there. That's what this, yeah. I'm saying. They're just training it in you. Yeah. Like, they're giving you something to do in a place mm-hmm. that this kicks it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself that you're standing there brand brand or the old right before you did it the first time. And there's not that it's like dealing with a bully or something or yeah. it's kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's an addiction breaker. Yeah. So That's what most everybody who gets on that stuff is worried about. Withdrawals, you know, they or they're in it real deep cuz someone said to me the other day is like, "Hey, there's a difference between being on something and it's on you." Hmm. Like when it, like if if all you're doing is taking that stuff and you can't go anywhere, then it you know, that's on you. It's in it. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who take, like, the if you get hurt for seven, ten days, two weeks, take your Vicodin, that's different. And then you got the people who start taking this stuff for fun. Like, what else? You got hurt. But so I your mindset's different. I mean, you can, it's easier for us to break through that because of that reason. I was like, I was hurt, and I get back, I'm well now, I can break that. But just partying on it and just taking it and taking it, I think yeah. it straps a hold of you a little differently. Yeah. But I would gain you can't party with. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I don't know, man. Did yeah. I say that? Well, I just want to make that very clear. I've made that absolutely perfectly clear because every lot, single second of the day. You, that, you, I and think there's a lot of naysayers saying, oh, it's just another thing to hide something else. It's not. Yeah. The difference is this, never taken it. this thing will it's, actually disconnect the whatever is making the addiction a habit that like you have to go back to an addiction, it actually breaks that. Yeah. So it's heard, a game changer. I've heard a really good analogy with psychedelics where it's like, let's say there was a big snowfall and you just ski down, you ski down and you just keep taking the same trail over and over. That's what like our, our brain does. It's like, Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. And, or I'm thinking this destructive thing. And when you do, like the Abigail or the ayahuasca or several of these things, even psilocybin, it, it's like a new thing of snowfall and it gives you the ability to not go down that same exact path again. You can take a way around, you can walk over here, you can walk over there, you can ski over there, then ski. Like, and it doesn't form, it's like a highway, it's like a super highway that was built that you can like knock down. Yeah. And, or whatever drug you put in it, it's like your voice, that inner voice gets stuck on repeat. Oh, let's try this. Boom. Oh, let's try. And then all of a sudden what that this does, is it puts it back in reset and pushes play again. You kind of keep going. And it's helping a lot of athletes too, not even veterans. My friend Dan Carcillo, he was a big NHL hockey player, um, had been in like hundreds of fights and, you know, pr- probably countless concussions. And he was kind of leading a very destructive life. 
and all of a sudden went and did a mushroom retreat and like completely changed everything. All of a sudden was happy. Um, just everything, everything was changed. Everything was different. And then he started becoming a big advocate for the NHL and other hockey players and has helped countless guys that yeah. were like really struggling and on the same destructive path. If you use it as a medicine, it can actually heal people and open them up to a world that they thought was gone, like a world of receiving love mm-hmm. or being um, uh, forgiven. I mean, if there's somebody or, on the side of the road in the house over there saying, I got Ibogaine to give you, I drive the other side of the state. <laughs> so I don't even be around it. It's, that, it's like that. Yeah. So it's a tool for sure. The other thing I... I think it's helped me just be like a better brother and and uh, son. And my sister's had two like beautiful babies. She has another one on the way in May. So I've been going back to Pennsylvania every month, and I like babysit and watch them. And I just like love being an uncle and playing with them. I went to Disneyland with them for a week and went to the beach with them. Took my little nephew into the ocean, was swimming under the waves with him when he was just three, and like really kind of helped me, I think, tap into this other side of myself. Yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And having connection. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it allows you to have connection. You can't break a seal. Yeah. Kill yeah. us. You, that's how you break is You kill us, right? Yeah. But for being broke open something different. And that's kind of, I had one of the guys say, call it the root. He's like, well, if you, whatever the root of that problem is, it'll get to, <laughs> it'll find it. Wow. And I mean, it gets right on top of it. You know what I mean? And, wow. Uh, yeah. I, was, I thought that was a good way of saying it. Everyone has a different way of saying it. That's a beautiful part about it. It's one of the greatest things that I think a lot of the, veter- the veterans, your brother, Dan Crenshaw, what they're all bringing is like real solutions and being ad- advocates for that in into yeah. Congress and mm-hmm. the Senate and everything else. You need to handle like nu- the nuclear bomb options. I yeah. mean, they're, they're some of our arsenal. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that important. I think, you know, doctors, they, they, they play an important part of it, man. Because you, you won't abuse it. It won't let you. Mm-hmm. It just won't let you. Well, what, how can we, how can our listeners follow you and, and buy your gear and help you out? Yeah, so Jeff Gum, J-E-F-F-G-U-M on Instagram is probably the main main one. And then uh, the swimmer business is sunga.life, S-U-N-G-A dot L-I-F-E. And that's, uh, maybe I'll just give you yeah. guys some of this stuff right now yeah. if you want. I call this one the Second Amendment. <laughs> nice. Oh, I know exactly. But I got to get some of these mojo. These freaking <laughs> sweeties. wait to see you in these. Okay, bro. I just this ordered up. Valentine's. I just ordered up the red, white, and blue <laughs> wristbands, sweatbands with complete with the headband. And then here's like a black freaking medium. Oh, multicam black yeah, with that's uh. That's your style. Need that. actually. I definitely got large. some. I definitely got some XLs here. Where's the XL? Or do you need? Oh, here's the XL. Here's the XL. Team guy these and wear them in a medium. <laughs> Put the sweet potato in the back. That's how you gotta Dude, wear it. We had I, we had his master chief. He he wears this these and he put a sweet potato on the back. Oh my like, gosh. He's like, because it tells the ladies you're man up to shit your pants and not care about. It. <laughs> he's like, everybody else will wear it in the front. We wear it in the back. Oh my gosh, I love it. Let's open the others. I have some. I'll send you some with a. I have like board shorts with the bone frog as well. Oh. Yeah, so I think these ones are like the tiger camo. If you pull up the, you see the liner, so you can put like a cell phone 
in the side oh, right and on. they have support but they got the little subtle tridents in there too oh, I love that. that's cool it's called the naked warrior camo nice thanks brother absolutely that's awesome thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us yeah yeah it was amazing uh you know it's kind of surreal because last time i saw marcus was before right before i went through that whole story i told you about and everything so it was like a very transformative kind of part of my life where it could have gone you know if i didn't have the right people helping me like mike gecka and yeah, you had like the dream team yeah, that was people, supporting you through yeah. all those names. They that's why me. Always, they help me too. That's why I always try to pay it back as well. Have like a lot of people I mentor and people I help through the other foundations and everything as well. That's awesome. Well, thank you for all you do. Yeah, bro. Yeah, God bless you. Thank man. you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you coming down, man. And thank you to everybody out there for staying tuned and listening. Please go check out his gear. I'm telling you. He knows what's up. (laughs) So with that being said, we'll see you guys next week.